Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday, good weather, good grief. We're off and running two hours full, two hours of shows all about you, all for you, from you, with you here on KMOX. This is the voice of St. Louis. This is the voice of remodeling. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show, and we are together for two full hours with 10 phone lines, all of them, you, me, us, the listeners, and most of St. Louis, 314-436-7900, right here together. And now we are depressing the numbers. We aren't dialing the numbers. It's 314-436-7900. Yeah, sometimes I rail that off so quickly. And all of you that are in the Camwix family, we know these numbers by heart. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Interesting little tidbit from my little seat. You know, those phone numbers, I've been here for almost 25 years, something like that, 24, 25. I mean, this October, I'm, I start my 24th or 20th. Something, I've been around a while. The numbers are the same. I just think that's kind of neat. You know, you talk about, well, KMOX has been around for most of a century, you know, founded and created the talk radio format, most uh, mostly most widely attributed to that. Uh, Robert Highland years, all the history that goes back on KMOX, my little measurement, how I relate to that all together now. 314-436-7900 and toll-free 800-925-1120. During just those years, we've gone from dial, well, we've gone from no phones to having telephones, to having radio, to having television, now the internet. During that time, we went from dialing the old, remember the whole heavy steel uh, phone instrument as it was, so maybe I'm showing my age, but I guess that's okay because KMOX is part of the fabric and the personality of our community. And for, I would venture, all listening today except a very few and those uh, lucky of you, lucky few of you that are over 100 years old uh, or near it, you know, congratulations, uh, you've outlived KMOX. There are not many of us listeners that can say that. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I own a company in St. Louis that is now approaching 75 years. We were founded in 1947 by my father. I've been around the block. The reason I'm on this radio is I have messed up more stuff than most people. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what creates people with experience is you do a lot of things, you mess them up, and then you learn how to fix them. And then that experience likewise equates into keep your tires out of the mud. Stay between the lines. Don't make those mistakes. And now as we get into the world where innovation is accelerating, now we're into digital money, you know, Bitcoin, things like that, that uh, golly, we're not even sure what it is. That level of innovation in our financial system, then take that back into our housing system 
oh my gosh, manufacturers are pretty smart companies and they can create, they go after the best and the brightest, the best and the brightest, create some new products, innovations and things. And then the schmoes like me, you know, swinging a hammer on the job, you know, I have to figure out how that new thing fits in with the other 12 things that are four or five decades old in their technology. Is there really going to be a net total consumer received improvement? For example, if I put a jet engine on the back end of your family automobile, you may have the latest and greatest technology, but does it really improve your life? I mean, granted, you get to the grocery store in eight seconds, but the problem is your car blows right through the center of the grocery store because you can't stop because the brakes haven't been upgraded to stop that jet engine you just put on the family sedan. So that's kind of an example of where my career has gone over the last 20 years is, okay, Scott, so you're aware of this new coming stuff. Is there anything in it for our clients? Will the housing population of Metro St. Louis get anything out of this deal? Or is this just a new shiny penny that isn't ready for prime time. So that's kind of my thing. Likewise, I have a whole bunch of people at Mosby Building Arts that I'm very grateful to uh, that we have a relationship where I bring the best ideas and some of my experience to them, and they bring their experience and practical application and say, Scott, this is not ready for prime time, brother. You know, I, I hear you talk about this on the radio. Back off of that. This thing isn't ready. Uh, and And that's because we have products formulations and and uh, assemblies as we call them that the product could be whiz bang but the system including training of the labor situation you know we can't keep up so you know again there we are anyway so that's our two-hour format if you will 314-436-7900-800-925 1120. Uh, I'm able to look on my screen here. So those of you calling in on the thing I call a, it's a call screener. And I look up and I see, okay, well, Tom is calling from Chesterfield with a question about attic ventilation or kitchen cooktops, whatever it is. So that's my method of really uh, keeping on top of what's here. Uh, one of the things I want to share with you here uh, is I, I get a ton of press releases on my KMOX email. And, and here's one that you may have heard, but I find it very interesting because these are the updated numbers. And it's kind of a reminder of what remodeling really is. Whether you're building a custom home or uh, remodeling your home, whether it's do-it-yourself, uh, building a doghouse for Fido, whatever it is, you have to agree. Home Advisor. Home Advisor is one of the apps in our industry that uh, it, it kind of connects us. It's the new digital format for information around, and, and it's one of many. But uh, they took a survey of a thousand homeowners that uh, are going to do a home improvement project with their partner to find out what the experience was like in hindsight. Survey highlights: seven out of ten surveyed couples say undertaking a home improvement project was an important relationship test i.e. plain spoken, wow, that was a strain on our relationship. There you go. Uh, the biggest challenge is on the project. Number one, staying on budget. <laughs> Have you heard that before? Stay, yeah, because you and your wife, you and your husband, you and your partner, the two of you, three of you, five, whatever it is, staying on budget. Everybody's got their own idea of 
what the budget is. Having it written and recorded. And this is why remodeling contractors play such an important part because we're a third-party arbiter, sometimes punching bag of the people that haven't yet agreed on these things. Number two, having different tastes in styles. Boy, howdy. (laughs) There we go. You know, for example, here's one my wife and I share. When I go up to the oven, I want those controls to look like a duck, walk like a duck, and quack like a duck. If I can't tell how to turn the thing on, I don't think I really want to ask my guests to come to the house and not be able to turn it on either. Well, Judy's got a style that is beyond mine, and I, I acknowledge that. But you have to touch some of these models to get the, the screen to light up just to show you where the on button is. So you touch somewhere. So anyway, there's that. the point being is even in agreeing that we want this brand of appliance, in, we, even within that brand of appliance, the style choices within that, one is very sleek, smooth, virtually no handles, you press a button, and the door opens. You know, well, if it's an oven, it should have a handle for me. So I'm kind of in the fifth grade, if you will, trying to figure out how to do this. So then, okay, now back to the um, uh, survey here. Uh, The number three, agreeing on a shared vision. And I would put that in managing a project. Uh, I'm a visual conceptual guy, if you haven't figured it out yet. I want to make sure this stuff lines up and gets us where we want to go, whether it's a client, whether it's me as as, uh, in my relationship with my wife, whatever it is. What are we trying to do with this thing? And then having different tastes, number one, staying on budget. So I would actually reverse those. The project responsibility of a professional, number one, Make sure everybody agrees on a vision. Are we doing a kitchen? Does that kitchen include the breakfast room? Does that go into the laundry room? Because now the floor goes all the way. You know, So agreeing on what we're doing. Number two, what's the general style and inflection of this? Are we going to have brightly painted pink cabinets? Or are they going to be nice soft muted wood tones? You know, So just that general vision of it whatever it is and then what that vision how how that style is then number three frankly when you make those first two decisions number three is pretty well defined so as a consumer oftentimes at Mosby Building Arts they want to know how much is this kitchen like well are you driving a Bentley Rolls Royce you driving a Mercedes you you know are, are you driving a Yugo what does your kitchen look like? Because I can add up the numbers on whichever one you pick, but it's hard for me to say. So anyway, a lot of that. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We're going to put it all together here on KMOX. I invite you to join. I've got some topics I'll talk about throughout the uh, show in our two hours. Uh, we don't have any guests today, so uh, we're going to have a lot of things to talk about. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I know it's still chilly out side bring them on make the calls let's get together right here on camwex scott mosby i'll be right back all right we have two hours question and answer phone calls all for you 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 frankly um, my day job is mosby building arts Uh, just get this uh, business out of the air Uh, mosby building arts you can find out more on the website at mosbybuildingarts.com or for people like me can't remember all that 
callmosby.com, like telephone call, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y, callmosby.com. And uh, it's intended to be kind of our digital showroom, uh, photo gallery for ideas, uh, communication tool for uh, a couple that might be launching a kitchen, bathroom, addition, second floor, whatever it is, that visioning what is it we're trying to do so keep in mind the same old thing in project management whether you're you know building a 200 story uh building in Dubai uh, or whether you're just trying to figure out how far does your kitchen remodel go visioning a picture is worth a thousand words so grab your picture postcards whatever things that come out we call it the wish book uh, some people call it the goodie bag uh, some people put it in a shoe box and they just keep throwing photographs in there point, point being a picture is worth a thousand words. If you can get everybody together on the team, which for you, it might be just you and your spouse, your partner, you know, what are we trying to do? What does it look like? What style is it? And then you can come back to the budget. Then you can engage with pretty much kind of a professional that can help you through some of those things. But the point being that a picture is worth a thousand words. So for our first picture, let's get on the phone here, talk with my friend Fred and see what's cooking. Fred, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Good morning, Scott. Thank you for your for your show. I really enjoy it. Thank you. Um, I I have a shower in the basement, and uh, it's a it's been down there for thirty years, and I haven't had any water come out uh, onto the floor. But now I'm seeing some water, not not a lot, but enough to be uh, slippery. Um, and I can't figure out why it's coming out now. Um, I've turned the uh, nozzle you know, away from the door, the shower mm-hmm. door, so that I thought that could, you know, help. But And there's still moisture uh, coming out. And I did some caulking. I saw some deterioration, so I, I, ca- I re-caulked that. Um, it, it's 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's two sliding doors. Okay. And I'm wondering if you can help me with that. Uh, where do you think the water is escaping from the wet interior to the outside what do you have a path is it near the wall is it under the shower door assembly or coming out of underneath the shower base uh it's outside the door i think it's coming out of the the rim the uh the bottom of the shower door um and i guess i should just put the shower on and, and investigate where it's coming out. But I've tried that and I haven't seen anything. Um, now I can kind of, that, that when the shower door gets installed, um, the, the U channel that receives the left side, the right side, and then there's usually an L channel or it's a U channel, something on the bottom. Basically yeah. the installer takes a bead of caulk uh, even a silicone caulk 30 years ago, and will beat it down the back of those metal uh, extrusions or pieces, and then screw those to the wall or the shower base. In 30 years, that water seal, the caulk, fails, and you can't really stop the water. And here's what it looks like if you've got an L shape. It's usually the bottom track of a shower. And this is, and it leaks at the end, typically. And this is, you know, seven times out of 10, this is true. So you can caulk the bottom front, you can caulk the 
bottom, outside, and inside. So now you keep things from coming horizontally through. But what happens is the water comes down those doors, drops into that bottom channel or L, flows to the sides like in filling up a gutter on your roof. But the end of that, you can't really caulk um, the seal between the end of that aluminum and your shower wall, shower tile, whatever it is. So it can be a very slow leak and it can leak out from the ends and fill up underneath that L shape or that U shape. Bottom line is there's really no way to fix this except to pull the shower door out, scrape all that caulk down and put it in again. That I've danced with this thing on $6,000 shower doors and $160 shower doors. Sooner or later, that caulk poops out, and you just can't get to where it is without removing and starting over the installation of that shower door. Okay, and does your company do that? Uh, yeah, but shower door companies do too, so it's kind of a specialty there, um, you know, frankly, Fred. So pulling that door out, and th- the issue is by the time you pull the door out, and you pay to put it back in, you know, is that still the 30-year-old shower door you want? Or are you ready to pony up another $400 or whatever, whatever number is your style of shower door? So you're better off getting a new shower door put in. It's easier to buy. Uh, all the installation comes with it. The warranty's good. You see what I'm saying there? So I would recommend you go directly to a shower door company. Okay. Uh, I mean, we'd love to do the work for you, but frankly, this is more specific. I would, personally, I'd call a shower door company. Okay. Uh, Can you recommend one? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, you're welcome to call our company. Uh, We actually keep a spreadsheet and we keep it updated uh, for referrals like this because of KMOX. Uh, And believe me, we we try these guys all the time. We do a lot of business in town. Anyway, call 314-909-1800. 314-909-1800 and say, I talked to Scott, I'm looking for the referral list. Can you recommend a shower door company that, and typically we use one, two or three companies uh, and, you know, we use them all the time. So, you know, and frankly, if there's a problem with them, we call them up and say, uh, do you want to be on the list or not on the list? So are you going to take care of this person? So that's kind of the, how this all works. Okay. Well, thank you. You've been very helpful. Yeah, Fred, and and it's not you. I have danced with this demon only to find out that the only way to fix this critter is pull that shower door out and start all over. And then I'm there looking at a 30-year shower door. It's like, well, I don't even want that style anymore. There's a lot of work to do for an old door. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and it's it's pretty beat up, too. Yeah, yeah, well, it's not you, it's the caulk you can't see, you can't get to, and you can't replace without pulling it out and starting all over. And all the gaskets around the glass and all that get replaced yeah. and new because of the yeah. new door, and the, the, because yeah. they'll fail here soon, too. Yeah. All right, thank you again. Okay, Fred, take care. Bye now. Mm-hmm. Bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Uh, it's interesting, uh, you know, uh, two and a half decades ago, before uh, we before I started this home improvement show, we actually were half commercial, half residential. And in the last 25 years of being on this show, or 24, you know, that number isn't that important to me, but I've been doing this a while. So uh, people figured out that, you know, we like to figure things out. We like to know what we're up against before we get into it. Um, Basically, have a theory, debate it, 
use our experience to find out whether or not. So, for example, just this shower door thing, I can tell you that we probably saved Fred 12 anguishing hours, um, and not including the trips back and forth to the hardware store, trying to fix this thing. He's probably got half of that invested in it now. The point being that sometimes the road you're on just won't get you where you want to go, and you just have to take a different avenue. That's where uh, I love being on this radio show because I can share my failures with you, and I can share how I overcame those. For example, Scott, you're not going to be able to stop the leak on that shower door. Now, a lot of people don't want to hear that shower door needs to totally come out and go back in. No, it's just a leak. It's just a... I know. I know I bit, but I've got you know, 50 man hours into dancing with this kind of a problem on seven different projects. That was the, so again, we go, sometimes you don't like the uh, message. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I am at your service and I will promise you my very best today and all every day. And I'll be back next Saturday as well here on X. Lots of things to talk about. Let's go to my buddy, Steve, and see what's shaking with him. Hey, Steve, good morning. Welcome to X. How can I help? Hey, Scott. Long-time listener. Love the show. I'm thinking about replacing some windows that are in a brick opening, and I was wondering, uh, do, you, do you fur that opening in to make it smaller so you can, it can uh, 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 receive a flange around that window, or, or do you just put it between the brick opening and caulk around there? Uh, two different choices. You're, you're really describing uh, the first question that an installer would have or somebody, a window person, um, because one is a retrofit window where you basically just remove the old, well, actually, there's a frame pack, pack that yeah. you pull the sashes uh. out of your window. And right. then you put in a smaller window inside the existing frame. Well, now you're taking your glass and making it even smaller. So I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, so then yeah. cut out the old frame. So you're in a brick opening. And, and now right. you can do what's called a replacement window, which slides right into the brick. And you get it exactly measured, you know, like a quarter inch smaller, all all four sides. So you can shim it and plumb gotcha. it squared, all that. Uh, then the th- third thing is a prime window, P-R-I-M-E, which means it's the main window during assembly when the framing is up, and that's where your flange Correct. comes from. So I, I, I'm, I'm fine with retrofit uh, replacement windows as long as they get properly flashed. So the first thing, if you leave that old window in there, you can't flash the opening because you're never going to be able to... Uh, as in the shower door question, you can't really get to the where the brick and the window meet because it's always the brick, the old window, and now the new, you know, so you can't really right. fix past sins. You, gotcha. you following me so far? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Yeah, so strip out that old frame, even after it saws all that thing out, whatever the material right, is. Right, right. You know, yeah. uh, and then uh, do your homework on flashing that opening so that, uh, because just like the shower door, first question, the bottom of the shower door will eventually leak. The bottom of a window sill will leak. The bottom of a door threshold will eventually leak. Same place at those right. same ends and those corners. So you can't keep the water out. Therefore, you've got to waterproof that opening, meaning flashing the four sides of that. Um, you know, some doors get installed in pans, you know, which basically just assume it's going to get wet. 
So anyway, that's the point. Flash it and then go in there with a remodeling window, shim it up, square it up. And when you're all done and perfect, uh, you, then you really have to do a really responsible job. If, if you're good enough to do it and you know what you're doing with minimal or non-expansive foam, uh, then you can inject foam in there. But sometimes you have to shim those frames because even minimally expansive foam, you know, like the, you know, uh, just spray can that goes in. Yes, sir. It it will squeeze your sash to where your windows won't be able to open anymore. So yeah, oh, okay. if you're going to mess with spray foam, you better know what you're doing. Um, the right, point being right. that that's the way because you're basically going to glue that window in to that flashing material around four sides of that window. Uh, so anyway, how am I doing? Did did I take get you? Where fine, you were fine. Going? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I guess uh, when you say flash now, are you talking with the, the uh, adhesive tape that they yes. put down prior to yes. this? Okay. Yes, yes, okay. in the proper order to where you put your windowsill first and you wrap it up six inches left side and about, you right. know, and, and then you put your side. So basically, just like shingles on a roof, it's called a shingle right. wrap. When you flash that tape in there, you have to follow the right yeah. order. Yeah. Right. And, so that water and, flows and down over that bottom. Yeah, inside yeah. and out, okay. too. You right, know, so, correct. Yes, sir. And, and, you know, some people call us back, and then three years later, they're saying, you know, I'm getting a little bit of water inside here on the inside of this trim. It's like, well, believe it or not, that's it's it's working right, you know, because it, at least it's <laughs> leaking inside the house or outside the house instead of inside your wall where you can't fix it, dry it, or right, it's just right. going to rot and your house falls apart. So, yeah, sure, it, sure. So careful what you ask for, you just might get it. So. Right, exactly, yes. Well, I sure appreciate your time. Yes, sir. And uh, think now, uh, as you do a replacement window, depending upon which window you buy, you know, your brick wall is going to be eight inches thick or seven inches thick with the framing or the, right. whatever it is. Um, keep in mind that you'll have a jam extension. So now you're deciding how far out that window installs or in because you can define your jam extensions and therefore your window sill on the bottom as well so when you're gotcha. ordering that window way up early in that process you're making mm -hmm. some pretty serious uh, trim decisions too right 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 okay yeah all right well that's uh a pretty well coverage for me i appreciate your time yeah yeah now now you're six months behind just after a phone call huh? oh, I, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, let's hope you're six months behind. This before I get rolling. Yeah, Thank well, you very much. You bet. Let's hope you're six months behind and not 16 in today's delivery world. Good night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that? that's the truth. Yeah. All right, Steve. Thank you. Thank you Take so care. much. Bye-bye. All righty. Bye-bye. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, the realities of the delivery system of manufacturers, then the shipping, then the labor, then the truck drivers, then the cleanup guys, and all the – Wow. This is an interesting world. Anyway, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120, This is KMOX, the home improvement show. Scott Mosby, I am at your service, and I'll be right back for more after this. Oh, yes, we're heading into some pretty good weather here. The trees are in full glory. They are wild or alive and lively in Mike Miller's terms. So, uh, golly, it's just a beautiful time of the year. Transitional gets a little chilly, a few f dipping temperatures into freezing. Uh, again, let me remind you, unscrew, disconnect, take your garden hoses off of those outdoor faucets. Big deal. Uh, it doesn't sound like a big deal. But if you forget and it freezes, 
you will wish it didn't because water will pour inside your house because of the dynamics of how that thing turns on and off and splitting pipes and all that. And you won't necessarily know when it thaws out because some of those antifree faucets, even though they're antifreeze faucets, if you leave a hose connected to the outside, then all that water that drips out of that faucet body after you disconnect the hose stays in there, freezes, expands like ice does, splits that pipe, and then, you know, you take the hose off or whatever it, it, it you know, then when, until you turn the water on to that faucet on the outdoors, you won't have a big leak generally, depending upon which faucet you have on the house and all. Uh, 314-436-7900, 1120 Some of the topics today that you can visit on the uh, Call Mosby website. Uh, design ideas that can change the look of your space. So again, some of the things in envisioning kitchen, a bathroom, a spread handle faucets, single handled faucet, countertop types, various finishes on those countertops. Oh, Oh, yeah, what about lighting? Big deal. Lighting. But again, are you going to shave? Are you going to put your cosmetics on with that strip light over the top of the mirror? That's it. I mean, you know, ladies, you know about shadows. You know, those eyebrows tend to create shadows on the eye tops of your eyes. Again, you know what I'm talking about. Proper lighting takes a little bit of planning, and it may mean moving some lights to the side. It may be different kind of lighting, multiple types of lighting. Either way, if you're just going to remodel your bathroom, keep in mind lighting is a big deal. Kitchen surfaces, backsplashes, uh, whether you're going to use under cabinet, under counter lights to illuminate the countertop, will that do it all, or does that just do the countertop? On and on and on. So just my point being, that's the purpose of our website at mosbybuildingarts.com. You can check that out. Also, if you're thinking about finishing a basement, your lower level, or I'm not supposed to call it a basement anymore. Now we're calling it a lower level. I remember I used to work in a fast food place slinging burgers when I was a kid. And I couldn't say two hamburgers, two cheeseburgers. It was two hot and juicy flaming hamburgers. It's like, oh, come on now. It's a burger. Anyway, uh, so much for that. Off I go. But the point being that when you're thinking about finishing your basement, your lower level, adding space, again, as I started the first hour with, uh, start with the vision. What are we trying to do? Do we want this part of the house to look like the main floor, the rest of the house? Is this really an extension of the house? Or is this kind of an upgraded Rathskiller, you know, the old German word for the lower level, kind of dark wood paneling, all those sorts of things. So just keep in mind, what are you trying to do? It defines how much you're going to spend. It defines how much time you're going to go down there. Because if it's going to be a less than finish level, then it's going to be a less than used level. So anyway, just think about all of that. Uh, let's go to the phones, fire it up, see what's happening with my buddy Eric. Hey, Eric, good morning. Welcome to KMWX. How can I help you, friend? Yeah, hi, Scott. Um, I've got an outdoor spigot, um, yeah. and it's it's got a little drip to it, and I already replaced the uh, rubber washer. Mm-hmm. However, I still have a drip. Okay. Um how did you change that washer? Did you pull the body out and do all that? Uh, yeah, the stem and the, and the valve there. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and it's, it's held on, you know, just compressed by a little screw. 
Yeah, yeah, I know what you're, yeah. Uh, the body itself sometimes gets pitted, corroded, and irregular. Um, and and your rubber actually twists on that. So it's like having a uh, brake drum or brake rotor, uh, you know, the disc part, out of round. And so it it, it doesn't make a firm and consistent seal. So you have to basically grind the seat, the brass part, the receiver that that rubber uh, faucet washer sits or pushes up against. Sometimes it takes a while for that rubber to deform and fit that or you wind up changing the whole faucet body, but uh, that's kind of that. Uh, the ticket on that is is it's not making a good seal. Sometimes, and usually 50% of the time, sooner or later, that rubber seal will compress, deform, and fit the faucet. The problem is when you go to unscrew it, you know, six months later, you're actually unscrewing it on high and low. It's like you know dragging a piece of smooth rubber across the peaks of a, right. you know, a mountain system you, you just tear up the rubber faster is that a uh, can i get up there with my finger with a you know some memory cloth or something or a sandpaper and or is there a specific tool uh for that there's usually kind of a t-handled uh, seat grinder that and that's the word for it s-e-a-t and then seat grinder and it's just a handle thing you don't really do it with a faucet it's just a you know just a braids the metal back down into a flat smooth surface um just uh, all the birds off there when that yeah yeah it, it just like old metal that gets deformed over time and 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 you may even be fighting mineral deposits too so you know it could be just okay. as simple as that but if you're well, if you're having that problem and you did that you know the faucet or o ring or washer, then it's a distortion in the body and the metal itself. Okay, yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're you're getting it. <laughs> it is not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Murphy's law there. Uh, amen, uh, brother. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, Scott, much obliged. Thank you. Okay, Eric, thanks a lot. Scott Mosby, we're going to take a short pause, and, and we're going to wrap up a little bit of business here on KMOX. Oh, yeah, wrapping up Hour 1. We've got one more hour coming up. We've got uh, Retire Ready coming up at 1 o'clock. Lots of things happening here on University of KMOX. Uh, we had some pretty good questions. I uh, also uh, want to take you through. Uh, we started the hour with Fred. Uh, he had a, a basement shower, 30 years old. He was having leaks, water coming out, and it was uh, over the top of the shower base. So it wasn't the floor drain. It wasn't a pan, anything like that. And my experience is it's typically... Typically, the problem when the door shower door gets installed 30 years ago, that caulk that caulks the frame, the metal side, left, right, and, and then the bottom channel as well, excuse me, whether the bottom is an L shape or a U shape, that you just can't get to that caulk anymore. And what the culprit turns out to be is the end of that bottom channel, the left edge and the right edge. You just can't get in. You can put caulk in there, but it generally it's always wet, so the caulk doesn't seal. Then the leak persists after you, you know, so you caulk this thing a couple times. Bottom line, take out the old shower door, kit and caboodle, the whole thing, scrape the old caulk off, reinstall it. At that point, you typically have an old shower door you're about to put in. It's like, well, 
Ah, phooey. I want a new shower door for all this effort. You know, I'm going to this effort. I'm going to make sure whether you're paying for it or doing it yourself. All the same thing. Uh, then we had a replacement window question for Steve, who's going to replace his windows. He kind of got it. There are three different kinds of windows. One is a sash kit where you just pull the moving window sashes, you know, things that go up and down. Pull those things out, and then you put a new window, <laughs> excuse me, frame and all inside the old frame. Your window gets much smaller, and the view of that is now you've got this big frame fat thing all the way around, so it's important. So anyway, we talked about those windows and then outdoor spigots as well. Stay tuned. Hour 2 coming up next here on KMOX. Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair, celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Oh, indeed, lunchtime, middle of the day, top of the hour. Oh, yeah. Right here on KMOX. This is Scott Mosby. One more hour of the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Lots of things happening going forward. Bring it on. Phone lines are open. You are the topic. You are the subject, the questions, the answers, the experience we all share here on this University of KMOX. Phone lines, 314-436-7900. All together now, let's chant. Three, one, four, four, three, six, seven, nine, hundred. Yeah, yeah. Four, three, six, seven, nine, hundred. Toll free, eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Indeed, daylight savings times happens tonight. A uh, couple of things that I'm going to ask. Uh, now is the time that to change your batteries. All those little batteries around the house. When you go around, you change the battery in those clocks. I mean, there aren't a whole lot left that don't reset themselves. But you know that you know they they're still there. So spring forward, fall back. So we will actually gain an hour. So turn your clocks back. The The official time is 2 a.m. At 2 a.m., you turn your clock to 1 a.m. and you call it good. Anyway, change those batteries as well. And then likewise, even more important than that is the smoke detectors. Make sure you are changing your smoke detector battery. Don't bother whether you did it, you know, six months ago in the spring. You know, just just get her done, you know. Smoke detector batteries are a big deal. Many of the smoke detectors today, the interwired uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, the interconnected ones that we do now uh, for, you know, kind of uh, alerting the entire house if there's smoke in one part. Uh, some of those don't need batteries. Uh, you replace the unit, you know, five or seven years later because the reality is if you've had your smoke detectors for five or seven years, you need to change them anyway because the media gets less effective at detecting the smoke. So the little sensor that senses smoke hazards and problems that says, uh, you know, there's smoke here. Where there's smoke, there's fire. You get out, uh, call the fire department, 911, all that stuff. Uh, so the point being that if you've had smoke detectors five or seven years, certainly change those batteries. But likewise, it's time to replace those smoke detectors. And, uh, you know, it, it, if you can get the same model, uh, sometimes you can, where you just leave the actual base on the drywall, plaster on the wall, the ceiling, wherever it is mount, mounted. You can actually just detach, just unclip the wire, plug the new one in, and you can basically replace your smoke detector without painting without a screwdriver um, you know the same concept in replacing faucet bodies on things like that 
My name is Scott Mosby. I've been here for, I don't know, two and a half decades on KMOX. I love this stuff. I learn a lot. I I was unprepared years ago when I first started this. I, I was more worried that how can I get all those answers right? Well, after a short bit, I realized I can't. You know, 50,000 people are smarter than one bloke, no matter what the experience is. Uh, There are a lot of professionals driving around that are looking at jobs, bidding jobs, uh, reviewing projects that call in on CAMOX and help me. And specialists, electricians and plumbers, you know, painters, people that know a lot about a little. I'm a guy that knows a little about a lot you know so when I, I run out of gas sometimes and i depend on our listeners um the professionals driving around the do-it-yourselfers that have had experience i mean no one of us is smarter than all of us yeah ain't, that ain't rocket science you don't have to be a genius to know that so the point being that together we know a whole lot more than any one of us and one of the biggest gifts surprises um you know cool things in my life is everybody tells me their best ideas. I mean, some cool stuff. Like, Scott, you know, I heard your question two weeks ago, that lady, you know, up on the ladder. And, you know, here's what I did. And then I hear this whiz-bang new idea that is really cool, better than anything I know. So once I got this seat on KMOX, I became the walking repository library for the conscious experience of the KMOX listeners. Wow. I was unprepared. So, you know, then the return on investment for the listeners gets even higher, better, stronger. I become a smarter person. I take that back to Mosby Building Arts, my day job, my team, the tribe that I'm responsible to and for. You know, by guy, this is a good gig. So anyway, I love being here on KMOX. I am certainly, you know, one of the KMOX family forever and you know my favorite voice still remains you know you might have all the daytime guys my favorite guy still remains bob hamilton gmox news <laughs> i uh, that voice is still with me and of course i was a fan of bob hamilton anyway well let's get fired up here let's go right to the phone lines here i have a patient Joni who's been hanging on the line just a little bit here um uh well hang on a minute let me see what we've got here i've got uh, a phone caller coming in but uh the the point being that we're going to get right to the phone lines here 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 let's go back to Joni and see what's cooking get started here in this first hour and see what's happening Joni, good afternoon welcome to camwax how can i help Scott, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. You are on KMOX Live and Lively. Okay. Well, I talked to you a couple weeks ago uh, about my mid-century house has a limestone chimney, and it, you know, it it absorbs moisture, and now my living room ceiling we have an issue with, and it's a plaster ceiling with moisture. Yeah. And you said we needed dead air space to separate that brick, the moist brick from the plaster. How yes. do we go about doing that? It's a gasket. It's it's if you could slide your hand between the plaster and the stone, or if you can bring it back a half of an inch, then that stone will continue to get moist, it'll get wet, it'll do its thing like it has been for half a century, uh, but it won't wick that moisture directly by connecting, by touching 
into the plaster or in some houses drywall. So all you need is a space. Uh, and in, indeed, there are some really well-built homes that I've seen over the years in St. Louis that have a plaster flange that even though the stone goes irregular, you know, in and out, you know, inscribing it, that their plaster has a straight metal flange and then they fill or caulk or plaster kind of a piece back to the stone. But, you know, so even though the stone gets wet, it'll mess up that little piece of plaster that falls out. They put it back up. It's easy to repair or they leave it back entirely and it never touches the plaster. So the ticket here is the stone and the plaster never touch, never contiguous. Right. No, and no, you mentioned yeah. a gasket that we can insert between the brick and the plaster. Yeah, and this is as simple as getting, it can be as simple as getting up there with a uh, hacksaw blade only or, you know, uh, a cutting tool or something and just scratch the plaster back a quarter of an inch and then caulk it because the gasket can be that latex caulk that then gets painted or troweled smooth. So you have a rubber piece that doesn't carry water or moisture. So your brick will all brick stone masonry it does take up humidity. It it does. So it will get wet. But as long as that plaster touches it or gets close enough to it, you know, it'll just bubble and, you know, it just go. It gets wet right. and dry and wet and dry, you know, hundreds of times in a season. So, so just some patience and a hacksaw and some caulk. Yes, yes. What kind yes. of caulk? Uh, latex caulk, nothing, anything, you know, good latex caulk that you gun up in there and then you can actually kind of scrape it smooth if you want because then you can paint latex caulk. If you use silicone, it'll do the same thing, but it won't hold the paint. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. All and, right. And this well, is, thank you, Scott. Yep. And this is low tech, but keep in mind the wood framing behind your plaster still will touch that stone. So you still may have this problem, but it may be a repair issue every 13 years instead of every three years. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. That's helpful. Thank you. Awesome. Good question. Thanks. Take care, Joey. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. We're going to take a short pause. Come back for more after this. All right, it is Saturday lunchtime, bean time, KMOX, middle of the dial, middle of the country, middle of the day. Hua, Scott Mosby, at your service. Phone lines 314 436 7900, 800 925 1120, anywhere on the globe, dial in them. <laughs> well, punch in whatever you're, however you connect on the telephone, uh, or even speak it into your phone, and now it dials it up. Anyway, let's go to my friend Diana. Diana, good afternoon. Welcome to Camwex. How can I help you? Oops, Diana, hang on Hearing. a minute. My, there you go. I got you. My big fingers missed. Yes, ma'am. I remember hearing on a previous show about using Ritex. Mm-hmm. I bought Ritex powder. Do I need to make that into a liquid form or yes. refresh the Ritex? Yes. Amen. Um, Ritex in powder. Ritex comes in a liquid form, um, and it comes in powder form. What this stuff is really for is dumping down your toilet so it goes into your septic tank. All it is is kind of a probiotic digester enzyme that makes the bacteria break down the waste in the septic tank. Okay, so now let's dial this back up into a whole bunch of old metal pipes, maybe plastic pipes. We've been dumping grease down there, body oils from showering, champagne or shampoo, um, 
uh, wax from the, you know, the stiffeners in that material. Bar soap is kind of paraffin oil. All that stuff that sticks to pipes. So here's my idea. It's like, well, golly, if that stuff digests solid waste in a septic tank, maybe it'll clean up my pipes. So uh, Ridex in liquid form goes down. You flush it into your pipes. I like to do it at night right before I go to bed because I don't want a whole bunch of water flushing this stuff all the way down to Metropolitan Sewer District, MSD. They don't really want the stuff. They're controlling their whole chemical environment much better than I can. But the idea here is, uh, Diana, just put it in your sink, your toilet, and let it sit there. Flush your toilet, stop, go to bed. This bacteria then sits in your pipes, gets around the scum and the stuff that's in the inside of those pipes, starts breaking that down. Next time you'd run a load of laundry, take a shower, flush the toilet, that waste then washes down into the sewers instead of sticking in your pipes, which eventually causes blocks. Uh, So liquid, it's like making uh, chocolate milk is how I describe it because I I, I like chocolate milk. Uh, So you just take a tablespoon of that powder, dump it into like a 16 ounce glass typically i just drink a big glass of water so then i remember i put some warm water in the glass i just you know take a tablespoon stuff the stuff in mix it around until it kind of does okay and then i'll dump some of it down the sink and the rest of it down the toilet flush the toilet once run the sink about five or ten seconds all i'm trying to do is run enough water behind that ridex to just get it into the pipes down in the system on the other side of the P-trap where that water charge is and just let that stuff eat whatever it wants. You see, so you can basically drink Ridex, so it's not a caustic thing. Do not do liquid plumber. That is some nasty acid stuff that tears up pipes, systems, and everything else that's expensive. So (laughs) Ridex is a cheap date. It's effective. A bacteria, it still breaks down the stuff like a septic tank or a sewage treatment plant at Metropolitan Sewer District. Low risk, low cost, good, good effective. But it won't clear a a drain. This is preventive maintenance. This isn't unclogging a stopped up drain. Okay, next question. It's kind of related. Mm Mm-hmm. The house that I live in, which I've lived there two years, is it was built in 95, so it's not real old. Sure. And I've noticed lately, first it started in the hall bathroom, and it was like there was a, a smell. Yeah. And somebody suggested, said something about gases coming back from your plumbing. I've noticed it around the kitchen sink. I've also now noticed it in the master bathroom. Yeah. And if I put the lid down on the toilet and close the door in the hall bathroom, I don't smell it anymore. Hmm. Okay. Um, It may be... Any suggestions? Yeah, there's a couple of things here. Good question, Diana, by the way. You're not alone. Um, Sometimes it is... um, a trap that isn't holding its water charge. There are P-traps. You know that squiggly thing underneath your kitchen sink and your lavatory sink that goes down and comes back up? That U-shaped pipe holds water, and that keeps all the sewer gases from the whole sewer system, the whole city sewer system, from getting back up inside your house. Now, above that water charge, say on a floor drain of a shower, uh, the floor drain on a bathtub, the sink drain on a a sink, uh, any of those, especially a shower, that 
stuff, you know, you know, I've got oil on my hand. I, you know, I put uh, olive oil on my hands when I'm doing salads, and then I wash my hands. Well, that olive oil sticks to the side of that pipe, and it doesn't generally get washed off. So what I'm getting at is take a bottle brush or a toothbrush, scrub the vertical pipe above that water charge. You can get some pretty nasty organic smells in there after a while, and especially in a shower. Some of those drains on the shower can drop 10 inches before they hit that floor, that P-trap down below. So there's enough nasty stuff sticking to the side of the pipe on your side, on the inside, that can smell uh, that is not a, um, a sewer gas problem. So that's the most likely culprit and a very common thing. Dish Disposals at kitchen sinks, holy cow. You know, I've seen people put stuff down a disposal for three, four, five weeks. It's like, oh, I guess I should run it now. It's, it's too late. You basically have a garbage dump deteriorating in your kitchen sink. You know, so you have to run the disposal. Then you have to dump a bunch of, you know, ice cubes down there so you're going to knock the scale off the inside uh you know dump some uh i i actually put a detergent down there you know like dawn or something to try and wash that off while the disposal is running you know once you get a bacteria charge going in your disposal by not running it long enough i mean you basically have a compost pile right underneath your kitchen sink that's not a good smelling thing so uh, just be aware there's a lot of opportunities for stinky things. 1995 is a little bit new. You probably have plastic pipes in your house. It's unlikely you have a broken pipe or something. It is possible some of those joints don't get glued plastic to plastic when the house gets built. So I've seen that happen. It is possible, just unlikely. So, Diana, I would basically scrub out everything I can get to on every floor drain. Toilets usually are not a problem uh, because that water charge in the bottom of the bowl, what you see is what you get. You know, you can see that there's water between you and the sewer system. So not usually a problem. But sinks, uh, shower drains, floor drains in the basement, um, and especially the kitchen sink. And the issue is if you have a two-bowl kitchen sink, now follow me here, I'm going to get it. This is a whole niffer, whole nother answer to this question. So you've got a, a, a one sink, and then it comes into the second sink, and the main sink has a garbage disposal or a uh, disposer in it, as I'm supposed to call it. But there's a pipe that is straight that does not have a P-trap in it, and that whole pipe is the pan. You know, I dump oily pans down that side of the sink, and the nasty stuff sits inside that pipe. Sometimes changing those pipes on the bottom are the only way to get the scum from inside those pipes. So your kitchen sink can smell terrible and not have a problem with the disposer. Did you follow all that? That was about 10-pound answer to a 2-pound yeah, question. periodically... <laughs> periodically i'll buy lemons at the grocery yeah and when you know put a whole lemon down my garbage disposer no loss perfect per but keep in mind you're making the scum smell good you're not getting rid of the scum okay you follow that so so scrubbing yeah i do so i put some yeah. ice and dawn down there there you go. There you go. And then, then finish. I mean, then finish it up with the uh, the lemon. Now the lemon is sticking to the metal and not the scum. Well, the worst part of it, where I noticed it the most, was in the hall bathroom, and that's a bathroom that rarely gets used. The shower is yeah. never used. Then, the, uh, then that indeed can be semi regularly, and the sink semi regularly. You know. Yeah, run water in those. That could be sewer gas. 
that could be sewer gas okay. because that water evaporates. Now, here's something you can do, and I'll have to fess up on the building code in a minute, but uh, run your shower, run your tub, run your sink, whatever it is, make sure there's a full charge of water because that water does evaporate. If you don't use that for three, six months, that water evaporates up and out because you're heating your house to 70 degrees and it's dry. Okay. So now take a capful, just a little bit of olive oil, dump it down that drain. That oil will float on the top of that water and slow down or prevent the evaporation of that water out of those drains in your tub, shower, sink, and such. You see what I mean? Okay. Now yeah, I, have to con- I, I have to confess. There's an Illinois state plumbing code that says it's okay to do in Illinois. Missouri does not say it's okay to do that. So I have to fess up that. Uh, but for me, you know, I, I, I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay though, because the hair will stick to the olive oil and the olive oil will stick to the pipes. So it does kind of um, plug up your drain a little quicker, but not usually in a bathroom that hasn't been used more than four or five times a year. Can I also use Wesson oil? Yeah, any oil. Okay. Any oil. Yep, yep. Okay. But the point is, you don't need thank heavy you for oil. Your help. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Diana. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All righty, bye-bye. Boy, there's one. Okay, so I have a reputation around the Mosby Building Arts Office. Like, that is called scouting it up. So right there, Diana asked a two-pound question. I gave her a 12-pound answer. And on we went from there. So I kind of, I guess I'm made for radio because I can talk a lot. Yeah, those of you that know me, yeah, yeah, hi, yeah, 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 call me what I am. Anyway, extrovert, be it as I am. Anyway, we're going to take a short pause right here on KMOX. Stay tuned. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show right here on KMOX. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We are in a transitory fall season to where we're going from warm, now chilly, on to the freezing cold in winter. We've got a lot to talk about right here on KMOX. I'll be back for more right now. Oh, yeah, back together, rock and roll. We've got 20 more minutes. The Home Improvement Show, bring it on phone lines, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I guess I'm a little wound up today. Uh, Just keep in mind that things, opportunities come when the weather is nice like this. Think about outdoor lighting for your home. A little bit concerned about security. You know, may we live in interesting times? Well, also uncertain times, uncertain times times sometimes bring security uh, interests uh, being compromised. One of the ways to deal with that is light up the outside of your house. I'm kind of a, yeah, lighting is a very inexpensive way to draw attention to really nice features in a yard, whether it be a tall tree. Uh, and the tree doesn't have to have leaves on it to be very cool. Big, tall column. Mother Nature did a great job making that tree. And then you've got your planter beds, walkway lighting, and then features on the house. So maybe there's a stone column or a nice uh, gable. Keep in mind, illuminating the fronts of your home for that dramatic lighting effect also can blow light right through a bedroom window. So keep in mind, you have to stay away from the sleeping areas and guide those lights away from those areas. But trees, landscapes, planter beds, walkways, front porches, all those things, uh, just illuminating the outside of your home, kind of light up the places the bad guys could hide. You know, kind of good business there, just a good thing. So keep in mind as you go forward, thinking about the security of your home, you know, the locking, the deadbolts, lock the windows, things like that. 
don't overlook the simple things like outdoor lighting, which may be appear to you as landscape lighting. It's security lighting because it illuminates that house. And then decide what hours you want that uh, to be lit. Let's go back to the phone lines here and talk to Scott, my buddy, and see what's happening this afternoon. Scott, this is Scott here on KMOX. How can I help you this afternoon on University of KMOX? Yeah, thanks so much for taking my call. So I had a concrete patio put in exactly a year ago. And that concrete patio has a little walkway that butts up against the asphalt driveway. And I'm assuming that that area needs to be caulked there where the concrete and the asphalt come together. It has not been caulked. So my question is, is my assumption correct that it does need to be caulked? And secondly, am I too late for this season? I'm assuming it may be too cold. The surface may be too cold to have it caulked. And I'm also interested if if this is a do-it-yourselfer job or you would need to contract with someone who would take care of this especially if, if I'm not handy. Uh, well, Scott, how big is that gap between asphalt and the new concrete drive or sidewalk? How big is that? And it's not a significant gap, but you can see a groove. I would call it a groove between the concrete and the asphalt. And okay. the concrete is, is coming up a little bit, um, I'm assuming because it's getting a little colder. Um, so you can, you can see a little bit of space, but it's not, it's not significant. It's not a very significant gap. Okay, uh, that is something that can and should be caulked, um, mostly for a trip hazard. If it can care, if it can catch the edge of a leather sole on a shoe, then that is a trip walk hazard. Um, so that's number one. Number two, the value is to keep the water from soaking in underneath that new concrete, underneath the edge of that asphalt. Uh, you know, because the pavement will gather a lot of water and dump it off right at the edges. So that's okay if it's the outside of the driveway or the sides of the sidewalk but not in between those two Uh, so yeah you're a little past the right season to do that it is properly done with a caulk it's basically a rubberoid gunnable thing Uh, and I would offer to you even if you're not very handy uh, give this a try and I'll give you a few steps that can insulate you from disaster Um, for example uh, this gets cleaned and washed so you wash it like a car scrub the uh, asphalt scrub the edge of the concrete uh, let it dry which this time of year it's just not (laughs) you know so this is a spring or early summer type thing Uh, let it dry and then basically just put caulk in between those two and it would best be done with what's called a urethane caulk you have your silicone which you're familiar with you can see that in the hardware store then there's latex both of those are kind of specialty and the urethane is a rubberoid material Scott that will go in there and I promise you you will make a mess of this therefore take a tape before you start it you get this all washed up and then you get the warm dry day you take some uh, either painters tape or duct tape and you tape back about three to five inches on the asphalt and three to five inches on the concrete so let's assume you get in there with a caulking gun and you make a royal mess of this thing well you just leave it alone you let it dry and then you come back after it dries you pull that tape off on both sides and you pull that caulk back out and you start over and you try it again so my point being that you can kind of gain this experience and when you caulk here, uh, Scott, have a small trash can or bucket 
with a plastic bag in it, like a tr- like a trash bag liner or you know a kitchen plastic liner for the trash can, and then you just put your caulking gun. So you cut the tip, you poke the uh, end of the thing. You'll learn how to do that. You can learn that. But then when you gun the caulk, the caulk starts coming. But when you stop and release the pressure, it keeps coming. That's the advantage of stuffing that thing down into your little uh, pail or, or small trash can. Uh, the point being then you bring it out and you have a roll of, to- of uh, a paper towels there, disposable, so you can just take that goop and go back to work, do your thing, and you'll have another trash can or I I'll, might put it on the grass but not on the pavement either side. Are you following me there, Scott? Yes, yes. That's super Good. helpful. Thank you. Yeah, and, you know, if you make, don't be afraid of it because, you know, if you take the steps to tape the two sides, you know, you make a mess, you tear, you know, you wait for it to dry. And don't try and, you know, you can work it a little bit when it's wet, the caulk in between. So you can do it, and I usually do it with a little wood shim or a stick, something I can throw away. You know, a putty knife is the proper tool, but then you have to wipe it off and clean it when you're done. I'd rather just use a two-cent you know, wooden shim or stick and, and just, you know, rake it off and then leave it alone and let it cure because once it cures, it can be cut with a sharp knife. So at the edge where you let it, where it went too long, it's wider than the concrete sidewalk, take a little utility knife or a razor blade or sharp knife of some sort and you slice it because it'll slice kind of like a sponge. Uh, So you can kind of clean things up. And then when you're all done, take the tape off. If you don't like it, pull the caulk out, try it again. Gotcha. And one of the quick caulk question related to concrete. So they mm-hmm. created what I think are called compound joints. So they created an intentional joint in the patio yeah. and, and that's cracking. And I know that that's, uh, I think that's pretty typical, but does that need to be caulked as well? No, no, that frankly, that is a weakening joint that's intended for the concrete to crack attractively there. Because if they don't put that control joint or compound joint, as you were mentioning, then you thin that out, and and then when the concrete shrinks a little, it's going to crack somewhere. Instead of cracking beautifully through the center of a big slab, it cracks down deep in that little thing, and it's usually just a hairline crack. So until it gets to be an eighth of an inch, don't even mess with it on caulking. It's not worth it. Got it. Thank you so much for your service. I appreciate it. You bet, Scott. Thanks. Good questions, too. Wait, really good questions. Uh, I'm sure often thought of, uh, not often asked. Good questions. Thank you, sir. All right. Home Improvement. We're going to take a short pause right here on University of KMOX. I'm on a windy day. A lot of verbiage coming out of me today. Uh, some good, some bad. So anyway, we'll take a short pause. I promise I will shut up right now. Yes, indeed. Lunchtime, bean time, top of the hour. Stay tuned here. Business of family business is coming up one o'clock here on KMOX. Lots of things happening throughout the day. Great day, great weekend, and great weather. How about that? Who ah, right here in the middle of the country. Yeah, we remember this stuff. Trees out. Good well, rain has uh, made the colors spectacular. Uh, you know, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, lovely to be. Uh, phone lines are open for you. Uh, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, and 800-925-1120. One of the off-air questions was uh, laundry rooms, mud rooms, uh, some of the things, and it was related to pets. So this was kind of an off-air question that uh, I want to speak to just a little bit. Uh, as far as laundry rooms, it's 
a difficult, it's a transitional room. So whether it's a laundry room or a mudroom, typically it's some sort of an ante room between the garage or the back door and the kitchen or the food prep area. Uh, it's typically coming in the back door of the house, mudroom sometimes referred to. Anyway, this happens to be just a whiz-bang great place for the litter box, for the food and the water bowl for the dog. For Anyway, it tends to be a pet service area. And frankly, at Mosby Building Arts, the way we've gone at this a few times, when we're remodeling a kitchen and we're doing the laundry room or mudroom as well, uh, the Kids that have um, hockey stuff, uh, soccer stuff, uh, homework sometimes, projects, because it's between the car and the kitchen uh, or the homework area, wherever that is in the house, and then outside to take them to school or whatever, to go to the bus stop, uh, however they get back and forth to school. Uh, So oftentimes we will build in a dog bed in behind a cabinet door so the laundry room looks pretty comfortable sometimes we put uh, glass on the door sometimes we put smoke glass on the door uh, when you put it around there down down low it becomes a uh, tempered glass or a safety glass because if you put a toe through it or a knee through it or the dog leans on it or whatever that's kind of an issue there as well uh, litter boxes we hide inside cabinets basically pull the base out of the cabinet on the bottom after putting sometimes the doors stay on it and on there might be a side access panel that just open just a hole in the side of the cabinet cats go in and out and that's their litter box sometimes takes a little bit of training because you know they don't necessarily like going a dark uh, place you know for the litter box they do like to go hide i mean they are a little bit um modest let's say on uh, cats so that's an issue then you've got all the hockey stuff the soccer stuff the dance things uh whatever it is for kids or grandkids and you know grandparents you you thought you were done with kids (laughs) whoops nope you're not so again um we wind up being the pinch hit parents for our grandkids anyway so sometimes preparing the home to graciously handle that kind of a flow really matters and then you get into the mudroom the laundry room so how do I heat and cool this place I don't have a whole lot of wall space left that I haven't hung cabinets or appliances or you know maybe even a desk or a wine fridge you know the places the things we do that are don't really have to be in the kitchen so we take them out of the kitchen well then how do I heat that room because that door opens a lot and it is not a closed up room often door opens and closes and opens and closes and open and closes and I want to take the recycling out and I dump that out and out we go there the point being that sometimes that ante room that laundry room mud room requires a little bit of extra heat a little bit of extra cooling you know because the doors open all the time you know just it's the main egress in and out of the home primarily for families of all ages Uh, then you get into the accessibility of that door and such but my point being is we have radiant heated those laundry and mud rooms more than you might imagine just because we didn't want to add another forced air something because it generally they can be too far away from the furnace so you run another duct or another floor register and if you can do that that's an easy way to handle it sometimes it's just ineffective there's not enough flow on that end so you put a supplemental split system in there heating and cooling 
or we run a little bit of radiant heat just before we put the tile down if that's what we're putting down for the floor finish. Anyway, that and more. I just wanted to bring that up because that's one of the topics that uh, is kind of pertinent. We talked about finishing your home's lower level outdoor lighting, also some design ideas that can change the look of your home, uh, whether you're doing a big scale remodel or small. And this uh, is um, not really specific to whether you do it yourself professionally done or whether you're searching for a home with these features it's all still the same issue Um, so anyway uh, thank you for listening today it's been a great show i've had a nice uh, thing i've been asked also to finish the ridex thing Uh, ridex is a bacteria you dump down your toilet or sink to sit in your pipes not really all the way out to the street you just want to flush it in enough and it just eats the solid waste that tends to stick to the side insides of sewer pipes because if you leave that long enough unattended then you do wind up with a pipe blockage and a backup and some sort of a problem so keep that in mind also another thing uh, uh, if you have a bathroom or floor drain that typically does not get used put water in it little cup full of oil and that keeps the water from evacuating stay tuned retire ready next up on km OX.